0: Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. A quick editorial note before we begin. This episode contains references that are to be taken seriously. We mention this because we don't want anyone to incorrectly assume that we at Cobbler's Gulch are out for an easy laugh. That we indulge in gratuitous exercises of potty humor. The conversations hereafter are very real and should be regarded with the utmost sincerity, regardless of any gastrointestinal direction they might take. All right, you've been warned. On to episode five, Goblin Farts, (sniffs) The Clutterbuck Catastrophe and chatter, matter, and chuckles. So, after her brief exchange with Hattie Edgewater...
1: The goblins dragged him
2: off, I tell ya! May I never drink another drop!
0: Hazel's confident that goblins are probably the unruly rabble-rousers who looted the field of lip blossoms. At the very least, Hazel knows she has to rule them out. Hazel's knowledge of goblin culture and history is pretty paltry, Which is to say, she knows they frequent caves, and that's about it. Since caves are the only thing she has to go on, she sets out to consult the only cave dweller she knows, Lump and Squish. So she beelines for the northern tip of Cobbler's Gulch proper, which is where Lump and Squish have been spending most of their free time. But at the edge of town, there's a hiccup in her hike. She spies the stranger from Three Fingers Tavern, Wooden Wolf Montfort. He's waist-deep in a hole, and he's prodding and punching his spade into the dirt. He's trying to unearth something, and it makes Hazel feel suspicious. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. Hazel wonders if Wooden Wolf might have played a part in the disappearance of the Lilt Blossoms, or, for that matter, the abduction of Mr. Edgewater. Ah! She can hardly entertain that thought before Wolf's eyes his very melancholy eyes meet her own. The look chills her blood a few degrees and scares her back to her search for Lump and Squish. When she finds Lump and Squish, they're sharpening their axes in the unforeseen ravine. Lump and Squish are identically round in every way. Round heads, round noses, round lips, round hips, round bellies round backsides it's as if they have small boulders instead of bones the only thing that separates them is hair color Lump's hair is blonde nearly yellow as the sun and Squish's hair is red, practically scarlet, and the colors reveal a way to distinguish their personalities Squish is hot-blooded and Lump has a slightly more, ever so slightly more sunny disposition it's a subtle difference, which is the only subtle thing about either of them Hazel immediately brings up goblins and lilt blossoms and tries to keep them focused. And that's tall order, because they have a knack for pursuing digressions, asides, and detours.
2: You know, goblins attacked the Clutterback Caves once. Did they? Yeah, they did. (laughs) Goblins are not fond of baths. They smell like dragon farts.
0: Squish cocks his head and grunts. (sighs) Hazel knows what's coming next. She takes a step back and waits. Like a couple of rough-and-tumble hounds. Squish and Lump are better off having a go at each other and getting it over with.
2: You've smelled your share of dragon farts, have you? I have. And what kind of dragon was it? (laughs) Evidently it was a dragon with a bellyache.
0: Hazel bites her lip, trying not to laugh.
2: Oh, well, please tell us then. Where and when did you encounter this dragon in his fiery backside? Oh, the northeast saddle. And where was I? I'm not your wet nurse, Squish. How would I know where you are while dragon farts are making me lightheaded? (laughs) Sounds like a pile of goblin dung.
0: Hazel hears the mention of goblin and sees an opportunity.
2: Speaking of goblins... Oh, goblin dung, is it?
0: But it falls flat.
2: Aye, a big steaming pile of goblin dung. (laughs) Well, your goblin dung comment sounds like a big steaming pile of jealousy. <laughs> Why would I be jealous of you? Well, because I know what dragon farts smell like and you do not. What sort of thing is that to be jealous of? Who wouldn't want to have smelled dragon farts? <sighs> um, Hazel. Would you like to smell a dragon fart?
1: Yes, but only if it would help me track down a goblin. You
2: see, she would like to smell dragon farts. Everyone would.
1: Since you two are the experts, I thought maybe you could help? Help what? Well, if there are goblins about, they're probably spending time in the local caves. I thought maybe you two would go with me, have a look, or... A smell, and see if there really are goblins coming in to Cobbler's Gulch. Uh,
2: You, um, you want to go to the caves. And you want us to go with you.
0: This is when they hear something. A laugh. A small, tittering giggle. What was that? The dwarves ignore Hazel's question entirely. It's as if they don't even hear the laugh. They're still stuck on the idea of going to a cave. The same anguished look washes over Lump's face and over Squish's face. It's a look Hazel knows well. She's often worn the exact same look while thinking of her parents, of her past, and of the vanishing. Lump and Squish's eyes find each other, their anguish giving way to a snarl and a snort, respectively.
2: We can tell you right now, right here, there are no goblins and any caves near Cobbler's Gulch. That's right, I'd have smelled them. But
1: maybe we can double check.
2: No, 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 no. We, We have no interest in caves. Nope, not at all. Absolutely not. Zilcho. None.
1: But you're dwarves. You should be right at home in the caves.
0: Another laugh sounds off. This one a small, tittering <laughs> snicker. What's so funny? It,
2: it, it wasn't me. And I never laugh. And I never dwell in caves either. Uh-huh. That goes double for me.
0: And suddenly an explosive chortle erupts. <laughs> and it's coming from the tree under which they stand.
2: Oh, flying flop doodles. It's a chattering chuckleberry. <sighs>
0: A chattering chuckleberry is a bewitched tree. They're actually pretty rare. During the age of gloom, a warlock named Xander Klimt cast a spell on a sack of seedlings. And then he used a flock of vultures to deposit the seeds all over Cobbler's Gulch. The seeds sprouted and grew into large trees with sturdy trunks, serpentine branches, and impossibly deep and stubborn roots. The trees can hear and they can speak, and much to the displeasure of anyone within earshot, they can chuckle, <laughs> which they do with gusto. <laughs> and when they really get to laughing, just like some creatures laugh so hard they cry, well, a chattering chuckleberry laughs so hard it rains chuckleberries. (laughs) Most living souls don't mind the sound of laughter. In fact, it's an enjoyable sound. We revel in it, especially if the laughter possesses a pleasant, mirthful tone. But a chattering chuckleberry is not mirthful. It's a loathsome thing, biting and scornful. It uses its twisted branches and gnarled roots to snoop and spy and pry into the affairs of all comers and goers. When this scattershot orchard of chattering chuckleberries first sprouted, it revealed sordid and sad secrets of the denizens of Cobbler's Gulch to the warlock Xander Klimt. The warlock then used these secrets to create chaos and further darken the Age of gloom. That era, of course, passed, but the chattering chuckleberries did not. Occasionally, these dastardly trees creep up, and they're unable to resist divulging secrets and making mischief. Like this one is set to do, to lump and squish.
3: (laughs) These two never dwell in caves. What a pile of prattle and blather. What a side splitter. (laughs) A side splitter, is
2: it? Don't make me split your side for you.
3: You'd have better luck if you threw a tantrum.
0: (laughs) That look of anguish falls upon Lump and Squish again. The tree knows something that nobody else knows. A dark secret about the two cave dwellers. Of course, Lump and Squish haven't been cave dwellers for some time. In fact, they both suffer from claustrophobia, a crippling condition brought on by a heaping helping of guilt and shame. Lump and squish are of the inglenook dwarves, and unlike most inglenooks, they are giant dwarves. Compared to most other upright creatures, they're short-statured, and that's putting it generously. But in the inglenook dwarf world, lump and squish are humongous. Their parents worked the Clutterbuck Caves, mining diamonds, amethysts, and occasionally moonstones. Lump and squish, even as toddlers, took up much more space than the average dwarf, which proved tragic. Their large size, compounded by a tandem two-year-old tantrum, caused a cave to collapse. Their parents and over 300 other dwarves were smushed flat by limestone boulders. The surviving Inglenooks shunned both Lump and Squish. One slightly compassionate Inglenook elder took pity, and rather than leave Squish and Lump to brave the wild, the elder escorted them to the orphanage, and they haven't been inside a cave since. They spend most of their free time chopping down trees, filling holes, and rolling boulders to the mouths of caves. Anything to make the world feel less cramped, less hazardous. At this moment, the taunting, jeering laughs of the chattering chuckleberry (laughs) reaches oppressive levels. It suffocates the hearts and souls of Lump and Squish. It isn't claustrophobia exactly, but it's close enough, and Lump and Squish do what they do when those feelings start to take hold. Hazel notices their grips tighten around the throats of their axe handles. She observes their barrel chests heave in and out, in and out. She watches their mustaches contort, as their lips curl over their crooked teeth, and her eyes widen the sight of their arms, raising the axes overhead. This is when it occurs to her that the chattering chuckleberry might know something about goblins. And it's this thought that urges Hazel to do the unthinkable. She jumps in between the chuckleberry and the thundering axe blows of Lump and Squish, their gleaming blades slice through the air and toward Hazel with the force and fury of a thousand wild wolf potatoes. And Hazel's head is about to be cut into thirds. With the last split second, Lump and Squish pull their swing. And thankfully, that second is the only thing that gets split. Well, actually, if we're going to split hairs, then it should be noted that a few of Hazel's hairs are also split. A keen observer would notice that Lump's blade cut three of Hazel's honeysuckle curls, while Squish's blade cut only two. Holy
2: higgledy-piggledy, Hazel!
0: Are you wacky? We
1: nearly clipped
2: your head off!
0: Hazel ignores them both and turns her attention to the chuckleberry.
1: Tree, what do you know about goblins in Cobbler's
3: Gulch? I might know something. I might know diddly-squat. Either way, why should I tell an orphan sprog like you anything at all?
2: Because this orphan sprog is the only thing standing between you and two dwarves with axes who don't care much for chuckling.
3: I suppose that's a smart point. But how do I know that those blades won't fly even if I tell you what you want?
0: Hazel turns back to Lump and Squish, and there's a peculiar moment that hangs between them. The two jumbo dwarves, who normally look like they're made of boulders, they kind of wilt at the sight of Hazel. Hazel?
2: Are you all right
0: then? But they know the answer to that question. They see the anguish in her eyes, the desperation. They see it the same way she'd seen it in theirs. And they now know what needs to be done.
2: Hazel what she wants to hear, Tree, and we'll let you be about your business of irritating all the Whisperlands. Or you could not tell her, and we will gladly carve you up into a dinghy.
3: Well, the joke would be on you, because I don't- swish- <laughs>
0: ah! Squish chops a low-hanging branch from the Chuckleberry's trunk.
3: Why would you do that? I
2: was only kidding. Oh, sack the joke in and get to gabbing, Tree. That's right, or my next swing will bust you right in the gullet.
0: The Chuckleberry purses his barked lips and then does exactly what Squish orders.
3: Yes, goblins have been about every night for the past few days. They grunt as they're coming and they groan as they're going.
1: Which way do they come and which way do they go?
3: Search me. I only hear them. Do you smell them? Yes. They smell like dragon's farts.
0: And with that, the Chuckleberry hoots and hollers and laughs so hard he nearly busts his bark. No matter. Because now Hazel knows there are goblins coming and going into Gobbler's Gulch, and there must be goblin tracks. She just needs to figure out what goblin tracks look like. There is some controversy as it pertains to goblin tracks. Goblins have disgusting feet. Imagine the most disgusting feet you've ever seen. Now, add an extra toe, or take away a couple of toes. Make sure a few of the toes twist around each other, like the worst braid of hair you've ever seen. Okay, you've got that image? That's probably the best set of goblin feet there's ever been. So, goblin tracks are sort of difficult to discern. Luckily, there's a good chance one of her orphan brothers has actually been a goblin, once or twice, and she rushes off, to go find him. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch, Episode 6, Poof. You heard that right. Poof. P-O-O-F. Poof. In the meantime, something to consider. We try to tell this story with just enough darkness to make you appreciate the light. And light comes in all kinds of ways. Sunshine. Laughter. (laughs) Gratitude. And speaking of gratitude, we'd like to ask you to put your hands over your ears. No, really. Go on and do it. Put your hands over your ears. Feel that warmth, that's us. The characters and creatives of Cobbler's Gulch. Grateful for your time. Grateful for your curiosity. Grateful for your imagination. And yes, grateful, oh so very grateful, for your ears.